Cheers, ladies. <laughs> cheesy, it's always cheesy. fun when Will turns that button off and it suddenly feels like we're like in yeah. the air. In the air. It feels like a, exactly that, as if it's like the seatbelt signs are off. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And, and then it goes in... clack, clack, clack and everyone's... <laughs> what do you mean? Here and everyone and get, undoes their seatbelts and runs to the loo <laughs> and does all their pressurized gas. I just yeah. do it in the seat these days after after my <laughs> after <laughs> your. Uh, what? Why did we? Why did that come up? Uh, jet lag. No jet lag. Yeah, yes. yeah, you did. Yeah. But I didn't do jet lag. No, I, I did jet lag. <laughs> so you must have told us that you can fart in the air. Well, everyone can fart in the air. <laughs> no, but, and then it doesn't smell. Yeah. And then I tested it on the plane to Texas. <laughs> and it yes. Smells. And it didn't... No, it didn't smell. Yeah. But sometimes you do smell it. <laughs> Not... <laughs> a is for anything. B for baby boo. C is classy clams and clogs. D for doggy doos. T is easy. F for flange. E for gallon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. J. K is kooky. L for lads. R for ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for bunny. N for knock knock. Who's there? P P for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zinc and zany. Baglioni. Zucchini. Zoom and zoom and zippelin. Two. The alphabet is really cool. Well, how are you both? What are you doing? Just crossing my legs. Uh, <laughs> in anticipation of Marika's section. Yeah, but it's not, I'm not first. Oh, I'll have them cross them then. <laughs> Orthodontics cross, cross them back over. Yeah. But how, how is everyone? everyone? Yeah, great, great. Yeah. Good, got, actually. Got a little west on my way over. Did you? No. <laughs> Did you? There was a thunderstorm, you filthy-minded <laughs> brutes. <laughs> doctor. Doctor, doctor. Oh, wow. I actually had an umbrella, so I didn't. Mm. Get wet. Yeah. Is that an order? <laughs> it's quite a good T-shirt. Well, I didn't get, get wet. wet. No, just like a Nike kind of, just do it. Get wet. Wait, are you meaning it in a sexy way? Whatever way. Uh, it's just like I can see it as a big campaign. A campaign for water. <laughs> I can't. No one is going to okay the campaign. But it's like I bet you they are. Get wet. It's the kind of thing, some kind of health juice will come out that's called wet. And it will be full of some new plant extract. Yeah, that is it's a good true, point. Actually, yeah. And then it will that. be like, the t-shirts will be like, get wet. And they'll get wet. Yeah. You know, sexy models to wear them, and everyone will be like, "Oh my!" It's like this. Like, got milk. Like, exactly. it's so feminist That's because we're I'm talking about of. people getting wet. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa there. Whoa there. So you're kicking us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna kick us off um, with a famously wet industry. Well, quite. <laughs> um, orthodontics. Actually, I wanted to start with a question. What do Kate Moss? Orthodontics. <laughs> <laughs> what do Kate Moss, Steve Buscemi, and David Bowie have in common? Braces. They've none of them have got the original teeth that they had in their heads. They've never had any orthodontic treatment. Yeah. All wrong, but basically all quite well known for having slightly crooked teeth. Yeah, I think that makes ev- me right. What did you say? They've never had a No, because David Bowie went on to get veneers and then he died. So he no longer has much in common with So are you including people. him in this category pre or post veneers? Pre. 
So then, technically, I was correct. <laughs> yeah, but you used the word never. Oh, oh she always gets you on the technicality. <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay, fine, you can have it. <laughs> I don't want it anymore. Are you satisfied? <laughs> yes, they, they all had crooked teeth. Did you, either of you, I know you did. Jelly, did you have braces? No, can't you tell? <laughs> no, I mean, I can't. Okay. Um, Marika, you did have braces. Can't you tell? But <laughs> what's interesting is both my brothers did. Did you want braces? I don't think I wanted them. Actually, I went to the orthodontist, the same orthodontist that did my brother's teeth, and he said, oh, fuck, what was it? It was an, it was something like, well, you're never going to be on TV, so it doesn't really matter. <gasps> or Unbelievable. Something. He didn't know you were going to be making this podcast and be being filmed. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't want them as a child, but I sort of wish I'd had them now, so my teeth would be a bit nicer. Okay, You've got good teeth. Yeah, you have. I've Let got me buck see. teeth. The... No, they're lovely. They're a good set of lashes. straight. Well, I sucked my fingers for a long time. Fingers? <laughs> How many of them? Two. What? Which ones? Yeah, these two. Yeah, like this. Wow. Like all the time? Mm. Like a thumb... Because I was a thumb sucker. Till I was, I would say like... 21? 10. <laughs> 10, 11. Right. That's quite old, actually. Yeah, it's really old. In the finger-sucking game. Marika, yeah. you did have braces. Yeah. What, how old were you when you got them? Quite late, because I always really wanted them. I thought they were really cool. Yeah, same. And then that must have been when I was about, like, seven or eight and all the kind of 10, 11-year-olds had them. Yeah, flute I, players. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what? Oh. Hang on. Why do flute players have braces? Oh, because they, they were the cool did. people. Yeah. Flute playing, brace wearers. You'd wonder yeah. whether that might get in the way. Of the ombre <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. You know, I played the flute briefly. Well, you should bloody know then. The who now? I think it's like ombrechon or something. It's it's the it's the purse lip, the purse lip. Yeah, the and the the way the air goes through. So you were a flute player with braces. And you're sitting nah, there with a the cool. Kids. I had lessons yeah. for like two months. Still pretty cool. I and could sort of see you being a really professional flute player, flautist. Well, like a you. if you got it. Yeah, I see more of a bassoon. bassoon. <laughs> I do hope bassoon is on that. <laughs> more bassoonish energy, perhaps. Mm. But so you got them when you were how old? I think it was about fourteen, which is oh, that... a little too late. Yeah, I remember you with braces. Yeah. No, that feels quite quite normal time, doesn't it? I think you want them to be being taken off around then. I think I got mine applied. taken off. Because oh, how long do you have them for? Like, like two, two years. years. Yeah, I was like sixteen on... when I got mine off. Yeah, that's quite tough. Yeah, I think I had mine from just before my. 13th birthday and then I got them off maybe just after my 14th birthday yeah right I can think of three people I know who had braces when we were younger and then got braces again as adults because they didn't wear their retainers so mm. they've now had braces two times when you got braces Marika yeah did you want them or was it advised and you were kind of told you had to have them it was very much like your teeth are out of control let's pop some stuff on them I, I wouldn't have just got them because I wanted them okay but out of control how like visually or... yeah okay I, <laughs> you didn't know me back then um, I was a thumb sucker yeah from a very young age in the womb in fact and wow. I these front two were just seriously uh, bucked seriously bucked and when you were told that you had to have them were you like oh I really don't want that because I'm going to look silly no I was like yes okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So I was kind of, I wasn't quite, your teeth are fucked, but I had a gap in my front teeth and I hated it. 
I, so it stopped me from smiling. I mean, I was always smiling, of course. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> so I so help, it didn't stop you from I smiling. But smile. <laughs> but uh, I was embarrassed by this gap in my teeth. And, and now it's so trendy. Yeah, do and you now regret it, that? No, I remember at the time my dad being like, oh, don't do it. Like, gaps are great. Yeah. And I don't regret it still because it made me feel really goofy. But I guess what I'm getting at slowly is why, <laughs> why, <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> it's just the slowly bit that made me laugh. <laughs> I guess what I'm edging to is why children are encouraged or decide to have braces. And really... Why is it so normal for children to have braces or want them or be told to have them, but it would be completely wild to give a child like a nose job? But why do we draw such a difference between these two things? The difference I would draw. There are some answers, but please, I would like your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Pregnant pause. (laughs) Well, you were looking around. No, I did want to hear your thoughts. Well, I just think that like teeth... For instance, in my situation, my teeth weren't like that because of genetics. It's because I had shoved my thumb in my mouth for my entire childhood. Mm. And it's like non-invasive. It just, you stick them on as you grow and it can just really help with that. Whereas getting a nose job is a little (laughs) bit more extreme. Also, I was thinking about it. Kids rarely have crooked noses. That's something that They don't have noses. Yeah, they don't really have noses, do they? What? (laughs) Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody is dead. (laughs) Put their braces in. (laughs) Um, and also quite right you are Marika the other thing about teeth is there are like practical health reasons why (laughs) (laughs) no but you said you made a case for it being more (laughs) okay right you are Marika I'll take it I'll take it (laughs) you made a case for it being like more acceptable and normal for kids to have braces than to get a nose job so to build on your Point. Well, that was initially your statement. <laughs> In fact, the question was, why is it more normal? <laughs> well, you said, yes, it is. Anyway, point, oh, is, point is, I was thinking, oh, it's so weird that we normalise children having braces, which is essentially a cosmetic procedure. But there are lots of health reasons why people also benefit from having fairly well ordered teeth right it's not just about cosmetic stuff but a lot of people who do get braces it is basically for cosmetic reasons but if you (laughs) if you hadn't had braces and you still had funky teeth now yeah how would you feel this is still looking at marika here sorry i realize i haven't said your name in a minute it's um it's hard to know oh i guess how do you feel about crooked teeth i love crooked teeth I love them. I think they're really, really attractive. Interesting. Isn't, isn't it a thing that British people stereotypically have very bad teeth? Yeah, because <laughs> Americans have crazy teeth. C- crazy good teeth. I mean, I don't want to generalise here. <laughs> but like, like choppers. I was trying to get to the bottom of this British teeth myth. Mm. Well, I call it a myth. Maybe it's not a myth. But all I could really ascertain is that it we have bad teeth in relation to America's idea of good teeth. Yes. And dentists or orthodontists who said Americans are obsessed with not just straight teeth, but like insanely bleached, white, massive gnashes. Whereas the British taste in 
cosmetically enhanced teeth is a little bit more au naturel. Small, small teeth. Small, tiny, <laughs> tiny, 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 tiny little teeth. Tea stained <laughs> teeth. <laughs> but we seem to be erring towards that American style now anyway. If you look at programmes such as The Only Way of Essex. Yeah. Mm. But I did read an interview with an orthodontist or a dentist, a cosmetic person who's treated loads of famous celebrities. And it made me realise a lot of the smiles that you see I'm going to get it wrong, but Ben Affleck was definitely on the list and some other really famous people who just have yeah, veneers mm. or, you know, false teeth. Is that when he, like, shaves them back and stick teeth on yeah, front? Yeah, and I read this horror story of this woman who was at her dentist and he said to her, well, you've got some kind of slight chipping on the side of your teeth. I can fix it now if you like. And she was like, oh, yeah, please do. And then after an hour sitting in this chair and hearing all this drilling oh, no, and no, all this no, stuff going no. on, was like, oh, this has gone on a little bit longer than I thought and asked for a mirror or <gasps> looked in the mirror and <laughs> shaved down all of her teeth into the little stubs that you stick veneers on. What? Why? Yeah, and it was... Well, so a... how did she not notice that he was going around the whole <laughs> And it was a £4,000 bill. But she ended up getting a £16,000 settlement. I'd want more Not than worth that. it. Not worth I it. I want my teeth. Yeah. Yeah, I want my teeth. But isn't Crazy. this a big thing with people going to Turkey? Yes. Turkey teeth. Turkey they teeth. They say yeah. it on Love Island quite a lot. Oh, do they? Yeah. I heard this term, turkey teeth. It's it's a horrible thought to Make- think of a turkey <laughs> having teeth. Yeah. Like <laughs> where in, inside the beak. Yeah. Kind of like a platypus I suppose yeah. Or a, yeah. Marika yeah. you mentioned that you find crooked teeth attractive Yeah, you really buck a trend buck because very good Jelly very good <laughs> um, apparently a study buck. has shown proven why we like straight teeth and it's because oh. basically our teeth are the equivalent to our peacock's tail they are <laughs> <laughs> teeth are equivalent to our penises. No, no, they're not. Wow. They're not equivalent to our penises. Surprisingly, peacock's tail though. So in that, equivalent to a peacock's tail, in that they are a sign of health and genetic quality, and they're designed to help us choose mates. I'm interested that Marika loves crooked teeth. What do you love about them? I think they just look really sexy. Now, how crooked are we talking? Okay, obviously not like I don't know. Like sticking out at right angles, like sort an of anglerfish. Like, yeah, or little tiny, tiny stublins. <laughs> <laughs> but Stubble I like a, I like a little bit of a wonk. I like a bit of a snaggle tooth. I like a gaff in the tooth. Like a now, Kirsten Dunst. Now what's a like snaggle a Dakota tooth? Johnson? Uh, oh. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really. Now I'm thinking about it. I just I can't picture anyone's teeth. No one. Like, ju- come on, Julia Roberts. I don't know. It's just not something that particularly registers with me. Close but... your eyes. What colour are my teeth? <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> no, they're, they're dazzling white. They're not actually. You've got grey. lovely teeth, actually. Grey. <laughs> they're a dazzling grey. But you're like this. Apparently, we have better oral hygiene than Americans. So even though we pay less attention to the cosmetic side of things, we. We like to brush. We like to brush. Um, I do like to brush, in fact. How old do you think braces are? Oh, 174 years. <laughs> I think... I can't... Is that you laughing? 174 years. <laughs> no. 
Older. Yeah. yeah. Thousands. They are oh. thousands of years old. I know we've said it so many times, or I've banged on about things being thousands of years old in this, like, oh, they found cheese fragments on the bottom of a bowl. But braces truly are thousands of years old. Uh, how, how did they manifest themselves? What? <laughs> <laughs> in a cloak and pointy shoes. <laughs> what do they look like? Braces as we know them, of course, are, <laughs> are from the like 18th century. But something fairly similar and surprisingly advanced exists on Egyptian mummies. Wow. They had metal bands wrapped around all of their teeth and then like pulled together with cat gut, which I think is a word that actually just means animal intestines, but not specifically a cat's guts. Cat gut, have you heard of it? Yeah, they used to make and tennis rackets. Oh, is that what cat gut is? Cat gut. Anyway, so they found, yeah, Egyptian Egyptian mummies (laughs) wearing metal bands. (laughs) Oh no, are you dying? Do you want a pat? (laughs) Please excuse us while we take a short break due to technical difficulties. She's in the wrong position. You're lying backwards. Forward. Good grief. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't be. Don't be sorry. What got you? I just swig a beer went down the wrong way. <laughs> no, I think she means the joke. <laughs> Always trying to get a laugh. No, I was laughing at something. Oh, I was laughing. Do you remember what we were talking about? Cat gut. Mummies having braces. (laughs) (laughs) That's what got me. It was my joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, Egyptian mummies had metal bands and cat guts that tied them all together. And then Etruscans, who preceded the Romans, ancient Romans would be buried with something similar, mouth gear. The idea was they wanted to get them to the afterlife without their teeth collapsing. Oh. That was a concern. Oh. I guess it was a bumpy ride. You want to go in looking good. Mm. Yeah, you do. You're going to meet quite a few hotties hotties down there. And so many people you haven't seen in years. Yeah. Yeah, true. (laughs) I'm just thinking about, like, whether I actually want to talk about this other bit because it's not that interesting. Okay, I will actually. Okay. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> With that little intro. I had to have a something called a phrenectomy before I got, Excuse me? got my braces. So I, as I mentioned, I had a gap in my front teeth. And apparently, who knows if this is even true, the gap in the front teeth is often related to the size of your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. To the size of your frenum. What's your, your frenum? Your is the... If you pull your top lip apart from from your your jaw, oh that little jaw, bit of thing, it's the sort of string that connects oh, that, your the inside of your lip to your gum, and I had to have that cut out. No, so does your lip just flap around? Um, you tell me. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, I guess, fully cut out, but apparently, if you've got a bigger than usual one, it's really <laughs> Do you know big freedom? Can you lift up your lip and show us? <laughs> oh my God, oh yeah. yeah. Can you really see it? As in well, the, it's lack, just, you know, the lack, the lack of. of, yeah. Um, so yeah, I had that cut out. But I saw a picture of a woman who's blogged about her journey. She had the most incredible gap in her front teeth. It was 
it was like a centimetre wide and she's just done... I don't want to give them too much airtime, but I think it was Invisalign or some equivalent. And finally the gap is closed and she's mm. so much happier. Well, lucky her, yeah. But I guess, uh, go back to the kind of beginning conversation. I'm interested in why, because even though I know gaps are kind of cool, apparently, I still don't think I'd want my gap now, even though I got rid of it. And I'm interested in why I'm comfortable cosmetically changing my teeth, but I wouldn't consider getting Botox or like dyeing my hair and I just wondered if either of you have any opinions on or like if you feel differently well teeth have a lot of maintenance from day one so I think we're quite used to it maybe like getting drilled and that sort of stuff yeah also I wouldn't dye your hair (laughs) well just because it would be expensive very thick and it's very dark (laughs) and it'd be very hard to dye yeah I know but is it because I got grey hair Oh, as in, sorry, like I know. I mean, I mean more like I wanted to have my teeth look better. Well, better in my eyes. Yeah, but I have quite a hard line in my mind that I wouldn't want to put injections in my skin or dye my hair. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not dyeing your hair, but teeth is lower stakes somehow because. But that's just because we've normalised it. But there's less scope for it to go wrong. If you're just going to the dentist and, and having braces put on. And it's not like maintenance forever. It's not like fighting nature in the sense that it's teeth aren't really to do with like ageing per se. Whereas yeah. everything else you're talking about is to do with cosmetics to do with ageing. I guess. Bar the nose job, yeah. which you mentioned earlier. But then with that in mind, then teeth are very much lower stakes. Because mm. also if, like... You know, I've got friends that like knock teeth out and have fake ones in that just look completely normal. Yeah. Whereas if you cock up an eye lift yeah <laughs> it's a, I think it's eyelid lift not, <laughs> not the one I'm planning on getting <laughs> I want them in my forehead I've always wanted to be a little bit taller <laughs> <laughs> like a small crab <laughs> with your eyeballs yeah. balanced on the top of your head no, stalks they'll be on stalks <laughs> using skin grafts from your Freedom. forearm <laughs> <laughs> well that's me. It was very good. Thank Lovely. you, Gina. That was very exciting. Yeah, that was great. I think it was mostly exciting because you choked <laughs> for 20 choked. minutes. Our first near-death Death experience. experience. <laughs> okay, so... 285,193 people are having an orgasm at every given moment. Every, <gasps> any given moment. Moment? That's... Absolutely batshit crazy. But that was also just an estimate by a guy on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> but his calculations made sense to me. What so, were they? How can you measure that? So I can't take you through the full process because I didn't write it down, but he cuts down 7 billion to 5 billion of kind of like actively orgasming people and then takes a lot of the stats and data around how many men and women have and also different age groups and manages to kind of whittle it down and then to do with the average length of orgasms both men and women and he managed to come up with that so it's so specific yes but someone else also got 600,000 doing the same thing not exactly the same so I'm going to say 400,000 maybe that's a lot of sex happening well I'd it's also it's... masturbating oh my good god this isn't sex it's of course orgasms. it is what <laughs> look I'd at me of, I'd, I'm almost surprised it's not more if you factor masturbating I'm more on side with the 600,000 guy, but I wanted to be modest with it because it it's from Reddit. So you don't want to make it up. 
Well, pull, yeah, it pull is numbers made out of your ass. I have pulled the number out of someone's Reddit. ass. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was fun, just to start with. You know, yeah, that's good. <laughs> dramatic. So, men and women. I'm going to be talking about the differences, but there's actually a lot of similarities with our orgasms. They're both broken down into four main stages, which I shall take you through now. God, I'm already <laughs> aroused. <laughs> Don't. There's so many arousing words in this, but also really gross ones. I feel like I'm reading some kind of pornographic novel to you both. Wow. Which I'm thrilled by. Yeah, me too. Okay, so arousal is the first stage. Honestly, it's difficult not to get sort of tickly feelings. <laughs> Just <laughs> you wait. Keep me updated. Give me numbers. Shout your numbers out out uh, of 10 okay. how aroused you are throughout this entire thing. Okay. Okay, so men get an erection. 10. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh no. it was bound to happen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Oh, dearie me. Okay. <laughs> Keep me updated. Men get an erection, which is where blood fills the spongy shaft of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> At 50 times the normal speed, wow. the blood goes in there. And the veins, which usually drain it out, they just squeeze shut. So it's getting engorged. <laughs> it's giving engorged. It really is giving engorged. Also, the scrotum gets pulled up towards the body and the testicles swell. So we get a sort of shortening and a plumpening. <laughs> yeah, but the, um, that, it's kind of like it's getting ready to sort of like, kind of like Party. Pulling, pulling your bum bag tight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which I was quite shocked by. <laughs> So that's what's happening to Theo. <laughs> now you can imagine that. Um, yeah, well, he does wear a bum bag as well. So. <laughs> it's hard to tell what's what. Oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> and then for, for women, their blood begins to engorge the clitoris, vagina and nipples four. and creates a full... <laughs> a full body sexual blush. The vag- a full body the vagina lengthens <laughs> oh my Lord. and becomes lubricated and breasts swell. So this is just arousal. So it's okay. a similar story across the board, really. As in as for in, men and women. Yes, yeah, yeah. but obviously there's So everything's parts. getting a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. A little bit little, longer. A little bit flushed. A little bit redder. A little bit, little bit lubricated as well. She didn't say anything about redder. Yeah, the full, full body, body sexual bl- blush. Oh, you meant it. <laughs> <laughs> what? I kind of took blush to mean like a, an emotional blush no 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 this right. is all very physical oh, so we're like get pink yeah right you get a wee bit pink everyone's getting their heart rate and blood pressure up there's muscle tension then we go into plateau which is the sort of pre I can't actually look either of you in the eye at the moment <laughs> uh, the pre-orgasm which kind of it can go between 30 seconds and 2 minutes so <laughs> men start to get involuntary body movements particularly in the pelvis which takes over so kind of involuntary thrusting starts to begin and a clear fluid may begin to flow from the urethra which changes the pH balance of the urethra to improve the chances of sperm survival wow very clever clever willy clever willy wait for the women the vagina continues to swell it's getting bigger (laughs) (laughs) we're going to need a bigger boat (laughs) and the vaginal walls turn a darker colour and then the clitoris becomes highly sensitive. So that's what's all going on anyway. So that's it's you're, you're getting there. We're close. And then the orgasm itself. Is this number three? Seven. This is number three. 
This is in men. There's a, a ejaculation of semen in a series of rapid fire contractions of the penile muscles <laughs> and around the base of <laughs> the <laughs> anus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the nerves causing the muscle contractions thank you for the sound effects send messages of pleasure to the man's brain and then for women a series of rhythmic contractions occur in the uterus, vagina and pelvic floor muscles the tension is released and the muscles throughout the body contract and a feeling of warmth usually emanates from the pelvis and spreads throughout the entire body and about 10% of females experience ejaculation during orgasm this fluid comes from Skeen's glands, <laughs> located near the urethra, urethra in females. Okay. You know, like, I'm guessing it's all pleasurable so that we procreate and biology, blah, blah, blah. But we do it for a lot less, I think. Don't you think? What do you mean? Well, they've made sex, they. It is really good. And okay. I think people, humans would have done it for a lot less of an experience. I think we still would have done it if it had been half as fun. That's Maybe my what, not with the same... I mean, kind of everything revolves around it. So I guess it had to be like uber... No, but I think it does still even, as in... Could be better. Is that what you're like, saying? Uh, no, <laughs> as in... <laughs> like, Do you kind of mean everything is about sex so it has to be the be all and end all because yeah, but if it, it was the continuation of an entire species so it has to be like the best best thing but yeah how, i but think we so don't... like better than having a pint with your friends in the pub what i, don't, I do not agree <laughs> i take it back i take it back <laughs> well it's not always better than having a pint with your friends in the pub no we'll get onto that as well okay because obviously sex isn't always great no this isn't about sex it's about orgasms sorry yeah, yeah. and orgasms do tend to be quite nice Oh, yeah, but there's, a, there's a lot of. She said it. Oh my god! What? She likes an. She orgasm. likes <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> Guilty. The fourth and final stage. Sorry, yes. Is resolution for men? Half of the erection is lost immediately, and the rest fades soon after. Muscle tension fades. Uh, the man may feel relaxed or drowsy. They usually must undergo a refractory period or a recovery phase, during which they cannot achieve another erection. In an 18-year-old, this is typically less than 15 minutes. In elderly men, it can be up to 10 to 20 hours. Oh, wow. The average refractory period is about half an hour. But there are some men that can keep going. And you can you can actually train... I read a whole article about how you can train yourself as a man to actually separate orgasm from ejaculation. And all that means that you can kind of keep having orgasms and sustain erections. And all Jesus. Kind of Viagra? No, no, no. No, no. Just by practice. Golly, exhausting. Yeah. For women, it's it's kind of similar. Obviously, we don't have a boner, but the blood flows away from the engorged sexual organs. You know, heart rate, blood pressure, all comes down. But then, obviously, women women can, oftentimes, experience more than one orgasm and just kind of crack on, mm. keep going. Don't look at me like no, that. No, I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm right back down to a three. <laughs> good, good, good. So, men orgasm. It's very obvious why. Um, to get the spermies out there. For women, it's well, it's a source of much discussion and they haven't really worked out why still. Um, Surely it's got to be so we'll let men do it at some level. That wasn't one I found, but you're probably right. But then lesbians are just so much fun then. I As do. we all know. <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, We're here all week. Well, there's the whole thing about the con- contractions, which is kind of shunting sperm higher up. But then that's actually, there's loads of dockies on the internet that say that's not 
really a thing. I'd also imagine that being kind of the opposite effect. Is more of a push out. Yeah, because in contraction, the whole point is like expelling. Well, it's a tightening. So mm. I guess depending on if they've already been shot higher up. Well, we don't really know anyways, is the answer to that. It also might be about finding a, a mate and kind of judging them on whether they can get you to climax. I've always thought it was kind of the sign of something greater than us. <laughs> what, the, the female <laughs> orgasm? Yeah, like it's like what, it's what fun. It's just for fun. Right, yeah, yeah, that it's just like somebody was like, Carl, go on then. Give him yeah. a break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. Gina cracked it. So... Obviously, one of the main differences is that's often spoken about with men and women is the length of orgasm. Men have shorter, sort of less intense ones, between three and ten seconds on average, while women can have orgasms that last up to 20 seconds, but they can last longer for both, again, sort of like tantric sex sites of, that I have been on a lot today. <laughs> You've been having a lovely day. days. <laughs> yeah, I guess the denial of it. What, edging? yeah. Yeah, that's the way that you can Prolong. practice to prolonging is to keep practicing edging. Mm. <laughs> Got to get home. <laughs> I think I left the catalogue. I think I've left the catalogue. <laughs> that's what that squealing noise is. That's just me uncrossing my legs. <laughs> Men have two main types of orgasm, which is penile stimulation. <laughs> Look at me and say penile into your mic like that. Sorry. And the G-spot in the anus. Whereas uh, women have more kinds. They do share... There's more that men and women both have, which is orgasms in your sleep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard about that. Um, And nipples, just from nipples... Yeah. What, men can have them as well? Rarer, yeah, but they can. Rare, Rare nipples. <laughs> Raw nipples. <laughs> also during exercise or a corgasm, which, again, much rarer in men. Women Gruesome. get them a lot more. I, I'm well, not... Very common. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I was just going to say, I'm not sure I've ever had a, a surprise orgasm. But I don't think I have either. You just wait. Boo! <laughs> 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 Also, of course, for for women, there's the the clitoral, the G spot, the A spot. Why's that? Now, hang on a minute. Yeah, further up than the G spot. Also, the amount of times I've read the phrase "come hither" today. What? Like it's like ca- a come hither motion. It's like insert your finger into your vagina and do a come hither motion well, like- to find the G spot. The elusive Where's G-spot. the A? How far do you have to go? A spot. A is, is for A spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's higher up than G on the front wall. This sounds like playing an instrument. Yeah, or like Twister. And then sometimes the cervix as well is also. Yeah, yeah, don't that gives me the absolute he hoible jeebles. Also, women have anal orgasms as well. The sleep one's really interesting because it's just I think it's very fascinating that it's it's hands off. Yeah, the fact that it's, it's purely also, your brain. It's purely your brain, and and I think some people can think themselves into an orgasm from what I've read today, including mm. Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> Wait, that I is so Lady Gaga. I need to know more about that. <laughs> she just said that she can, and that's it. Yeah, she can think herself into an orgasm. Eh? Yeah, the power of the mind. Yes, exactly, and it's also brain related, as well as physical. Oh, stimulation! But, but you know, yeah, I would agree. 
I have some interesting stats and these are from this year, which is, and it's a kind of an amount, this site had got an amalgamation from lots of different studies of the most recent they could find, which is orgasms, useful orgasm studies, studies studies about orgasms. (laughs) Got it. Though 81.6% of women don't orgasm from intercourse alone. Five to 10% of women have never orgasmed, um, but they will, lots of those probably will later in life, but at the point of the, you know, as a cross section at any point, sort of, of five to ten. sexually active yeah. people. Exactly. 59% of women have faked an orgasm. There's another sto- study I'm, that I'm says... I'm sure it's more. Yeah, it says up to 80%. I say... Everyone. Are you no, serious? I never, I've never have. have. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> After saying everyone. <laughs> no. You revealed your cards. Um, But I would say, I would go for 90. Really? I don't think that that's surely not. You think 90 people? 90%? (laughs) That's not how percentages work. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're saying 60%. 59, yeah. 59%, but then a different study said up to 80. And then 30% of men have faked an orgasm. Why are you convinced that more people than this study says will have faked orgasms just from conversations i've had with really people i don't know because the most times i hear it it's in the context of television or film conversations rather than people telling me they have done it yeah so i don't know whether it's just this thing that works well in script yeah yeah I see yeah true saying. versus and i don't know penis so he's really nice <laughs> <laughs> lovely guy i think more people are shy I think you have to be quite performative to fake an orgasm. No, but I think women having orgasms is really everywhere in the sense of like the stereotypical signs of someone having having an orgasm are in most like films, TV, even when we were growing up. Mm. It was like, so it's so easy to conjure up and so easy to act out that. I can't imagine it's that much of a stress. I also don't think I you do even think... need to be that performative. Yeah, to I guess that's true. You can yeah. just be like, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that's what the stats say anyway, so I, I shouldn't be questioning them. No. Like, clever, clever stats. 95% of heterosexual men usually or, or always orgasm during partnered sexual activity compared to just 65% of heterosexual women. 86% of homosexual women usually or always orgasm during partnered sexual activity compared to just 66% of bisexual women. Interesting. Yeah. And 89% of gay men and 88% of bisexual men. So straight men have the most. Then gay men, then bisexual men, and then gay women, then bisexual women, then straight women. That's the order. So it's slightly harder for women to come. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was quite interesting in terms of the sliding scale. Yeah. Quite literally. (laughs) (laughs) Nutty girl. Um, And now I'm just going to finish on some random facts about (laughs) orgasms. Now I'm just going to finish with an orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, ladies, you put your hands down here. (laughs) One, two, three, and off we go. Seven. Um, (laughs) Okay, so they they are better... Well, they can be more effective than ibuprofen at curing, curing... curbing mild pain oh yes because of oxytocin you feel good and it overtakes the pain and it's good for headaches period pains backache like anything achy muscular anything like that very 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 good arthritis as well mm. should get mm. my granny on it 
<laughs> Don't worry, she doesn't listen. Increased sense of smell. Smell. So when you orgasm, prolactin is released, which is what um, pregnant women actually get more prolactin when they're pregnant, which stimulates the brain to produce more neurons in the olfactory bulb. Oh yeah, which we all know that about by now. We do. That's pretty cool. I didn't. I've never clocked that. <laughs> Stinky. Stinky. Norwegians have the most orgasms in the world. Spain, Italy and Chile are having the most intense orgasms, though. Classic. Yeah. I mean, we knew that. Yeah, and Brazil are having the loudest. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> You're loving those. I just think those. if you'd asked me to name yeah. the countries, yeah. I would have given those answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was classic. But the UK... 50% of the UK is sometimes loud. Um, <laughs> That's so British. Isn't that so Yeah, it's yeah. That, they basically won, we won that category, not the loudest, just sometimes loud. And 10% of us are having at least one orgasm a day. We're not doing too bad. It's actually Canada and America are doing awfully in that, in oh, that no. whole thing. Their sexual satisfaction is very low. Oh, no. Yeah. All female mammals have a clitoris. Oh. Wow. So I was actually going to do a whole bit about like sort of animals and sex and then I got bored with myself. So I only have two facts from that, which is that one. And also rats laugh when they're tickled. Oh. But we can't hear it. It's just very high up. So they're doing like a very silent high laugh. I was wondering who was tickling them and were they tickling their clitorises? I feel like <laughs> Was it another rat or was it a scientist? <laughs> I think it was a scientist and I don't think it was their clitoris. I hope not. I yeah. think just like under the arms. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's very Cause it, sweet. Because that, that was about pleasure, like sensory pleasure and animals and the fact that we always think they can't experience pleasure, but obviously they do. Yes. And I think actually apparently a lot more animals do have orgasms. It's just it's really hard to... To tell. To tell, yeah. So like cows get like contractions and stuff, like female cows when they're being shagged. If, like it doesn't make sense for humans to have orgasms and other animals not to. Yeah, Because exactly. if the point is get people to fuck, yeah. then... Lionesses go absolutely hog wild. They have so much sex. You talking about the football? <laughs> I bloody bet they do. <laughs> you bloody hope I am. <laughs> but that's my little ten. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's my little orgasm section. Oh, over. very good. Very most arousing. Most arousing. Yeah. <laughs> My skirt is so tight right now, but if I undo it, it all <laughs> has to that come orgasm. undone. Yeah. <laughs> My skirt is so tight right now. Um, you are wearing a little skirt. <laughs> oh, you are wearing a little skirt. <laughs> it is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> 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 oh, it is a lot of legs, David. And on that note, <laughs> I am going to do octopuses. Much to many people's chagrin, I got really poo-pooed by multiple people that I said I was going to do octopuses to. Why? Because they all sort of said, oh, yeah, great idea. That sounds like they're being very positive. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, because everyone's like, oh, it's been done. We get it. They're clever. Because there was one Netflix documentary and several books. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Sounds like like you're you're on their side, Gina. (laughs) Well... So what I'm going to do is do the worst of all worlds. Great. <laughs> and go and say some facts and some other things. But did either of you watch that film, My Octopus Teacher? No. Yeah. Well, OK, so we should start. Marika hates octopuses. Yeah. I mean, fascinating. A lot of respect. Yeah. 
terrifying. What's what is it that makes I you think scared? She's of threatened them? by them. No, you suspect they might be good at Look, crosswords. I've only got four legs. If You've I'm only on got my two on, no. legs. if I'm on my front, <laughs> I have four legs. Are you often? No, they're still your arms. So what's the difference between an octopus's then? They're eight arms. So they don't even have eight legs. <laughs> eight is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So they've only got arms. They've only got. Well, they they talk about them as being arms. Yeah. Well, I'm not threatened by them. Just to say, I think what it is, the one of an early conversation I remember us having is you describing octopuses as giant hellbags. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you they give you alien. Spooks. Yes. They they remind me of an alien. And I they, also have dreams about like giant squids and giant octopi chasing me so what does that mean i don't know i actually tried to talk about that with my therapist and we didn't get very far really have you seen that korean film squid game the handmaid <laughs> no, no but isn't there a sex octopus thing it's very creepy and it's kind of mostly implied you don't see much happen but there is this giant octopus that is kept as a sort of torture sex instrument. Oh, that's my worst. I might be misremembering there, this film, but it was like a creep. I was like, Ooh. yeah. There's a lot. They are used as very sexual, like things. There's a lot of like octopus porn. Ew. Oh. What with humans? No, I think people like getting off oh. looking at octopuses and stuff. Oh, so not like putting a tentacle up your fanny, <laughs> or like no. around your penis. No. I- yeah, but you don't want to get the beak anywhere near there. Do octopuses have beaks? Yes, yes. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the new, like, does the Pope wear his hat or whatever. Yeah. Do octopuses, octopuses have beaks? <laughs> does the Pope shit in his hat? Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, octopuses to some are erotic muses. Japan's notorious tentacle erotica traces back to an 1814 wood woodblock print titled Taco to Ama, or Octopus and the Shell Driver. The image takes inspiration from a legend about a female shell driver who's chased by sea creatures, Marika, including octopuses after attracting the eye of a sea dragon god. I read through the suckers on their arms. Oh, the suckers. They can taste and smell through them and that their arms are mechanically quite similar to humans' tongues. And I think that might be where the sexy sexy comes in. Uh, but they're also very quite, sensual. I think, yeah, exactly. But they're also, they are quite phallic in the sense that they are like a fleshy yes, true. thing that sticks out of another thing. Yeah. Oh, that's the problem. It's an eight penis creature. <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't like the them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to the bottom of it. <laughs> so what are they? They are what octopuses. They're cephalopods, which already sounds quite alien. Yeah, you know? very, yeah. very. Yeah. And also in films, often aliens sort of take on the appearance of some kind of octopus like, like the Simpsons creatures. aliens. Like Kang and Kong. Yeah, Kang, Kang and Kong. And in Arrival, oh. in Arrival there. Oh, yes, I just watched that. Which is amazing. And very much like me. aliens, yeah. They're like crazy old. They belong to the group cephalopods, which also includes cuttlefish, squids and naughty loids. <laughs> But the earliest known octopus fossil that's been discovered is like 296 million years old. So that's really crazy. Am I just making this up or is there a theory? Well, I guess there's a theory about absolutely everything, but that they actually are aliens. I have heard that one and spread it far and wide. So you say what you think. (laughs) Uh, I don't really think anything more than that, but just because they're so different to most other creatures on Earth that maybe they're like something 
flew no. landed in a meteorite. It Did is, you tell yeah, me this? it's a meteorite. You Supposedly, told me this as well. Yeah, but it's probably I don't know. Like I read it somewhere. Yeah, but that it was whatever. It was like a bacteria on a meteorite that landed and like bazillions of years ago. But I don't know how we would know that. So this could just be something like some conspiracy theory that That one one of us like stumble stumbled upon. But no, I I remember, I feel like I read it in like a newspaper article or something. I was like, that's, I was like, it's, I was right. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, in the last six years or so that their DNA like is different to the rest of what's on the earth and that the theory is that it, was, it was it came from a meteorite i think something like that well i feel like if i'd done my research properly i probably could disprove that for you yeah because also I like the you whole were going cephalopod to. thing <laughs> yeah. there's like so many I've, of them in this group. no as in they accept all the cephalopods right. but like the nautilus nautiloid ones nautiloids yeah they oldest 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 things flapping around yeah on, you know in the yeah, also, then, what does it matter? We all blew up in the first place. It's all pretty alien. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's also this whole thing about whether or not. So there's a book that I have not read. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> my brother was telling me about called Other Minds. Have you heard about this? It's like a big, big. It's big in the octopus world. Okay. The author of it, whose name is Peter Godfrey. It's like a really long contested argument that octopuses, and it is octopuses, I think, not octopi. It is because it's from the Greek, not the Roman. There we bloody I've go. I've just remembered it. Love that. It's whether or not like animals can have consciousness in the same way as humans, and opinion is quite split on it, basically, in that they behave in really similar way. There's like mimics of human behaviour, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's self-awareness there. Right. But this guy... Peter Godfrey argues that their consciousness evolved twice, once on land, which is was us, and once in the sea, which is octopuses, and that actually it's basically like two evolutions of consciousness on slightly different branches rather than one long line. So developing at the same time, parallel. But different stories, yeah. Interesting. But anyway, where do they come from? <laughs> <laughs> they evolved... In quite an interesting way, they started out as like sort of similar to your mussels and your oysters, like a limpet-like mollusk with a hard shell that protected them from predators. And they had one meaty foot that they used as anchors (laughs) to crawl along the seabed. So this was like you're in your 296 million years ago. Cut forward around 125 million years ago, the single foot began to change and sprout arms that allowed it to grab and manipulate objects. So freaky deaky. Then they lose the shell because they learn that they Just really can, come out their shell. Honey, honey, lose the shell. Honey, lose the shell. You look great. <laughs> because basically they want to be predators. So they lose the shell and begin to swim so they can chase little fishies, etc. Then shell turns into a little balloon like protrusion that's filled with gas and makes it buoyant. And then you basically get what you see today as your as your common day. Now tell me. Uh-oh. No, <laughs> try, try me. Well, I just think the logic, and this is where I think that I'm better than an octopus. Yeah. No, the logic of removing a shell to be a better predator, but then having a little gas-filled head, like a balloon. Yeah, but they get other good stuff as well. Like they get their poison ink. I guess it's okay. a gamble, isn't it? It's a bit of a gamble because they're both going to give you drag. Yeah. Compromise. They trade 
lifespan for intelligence. So the way that they evolve greatly reduces their lifespan. They don't right. tend to live for more than like two years. Really? Naturally? Yeah, naturally, yeah. Because they have to drop their more protective aspects to become like such incredible Oh, sorry, hunters. but as in that's from being not naturally a la like the lobster. As So they get killed. Or, well, we'll come to it, but fished. Mating. Do they die? They do. Whoa. Once male octopuses have mated, they just wander off and die. The species practices external fertilisation and multiple males either insert their spermatophores directly into a tubular funnel that the female uses to breathe. Ew. Ew. Or else literally hand her the sperm. Ah. That's often how they can tell in the wild whether it's a boy or a girl octopus because they have like a little indent in one of their right arms, I think it is, where the men keep the sperm and then they hand it over to the woman. She doesn't necessarily use it to get fertilised straight away. She can like keep it for a while and then fertilise herself with the men's sperm that is given to them. Crazy. And she always accepts the sperm with one of her right arms as well. Aww. She doesn't die like the man. Well, oh, uh, no. so the males then go off to die. As for the females, they can lay up to 400,000 eggs, which Whoa. they obsessively guard and tend to. They get so obsessed with looking after their babies that they stop eating. That's not why she dies. It's that as soon as the eggs hatch, her body undergoes a cascade of cellular suicide, starting from the optic glands and rippling out outward through her tissues and organs until she dies. Wow. So both parents die? Yeah. That's a very strange evolutionary tactic. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Which really isn't like us at all. No. Um, <laughs> no. Sorry, back to your timeline. They're bags of hell now. They're bags of hell. <laughs> they're, they're swimming around. Dying. Um, yeah, dying, having sex and then dying. Yeah. So this guy... Godfrey. This Godfrey, Peter Godfrey, talks about a place... 50 feet below the surface of the east coast of Australia called Octopolis. Whoa. Which is Marika's hell, hell yeah. on earth. And it's sort of like the octopus hub. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Westfield, you know? Okay. Uh, it's where like a lot of data collection on octopuses has happened and been gathered. They started, I think, researching it pre like the GoPro and then that sort of came into existence and they just shoved a load of GoPros down there and watched them do... Just like absolutely bananas stuff. And one of the, some of the things that they observed, which I really like, is that at first he thought that they were like sparring and sort of boxing each other. Yeah. And that was what was happening in some cases. But then in other cases, it seemed to be like there was like a genuine form of recognition and they thought they could see them high fiving. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it's so funny. So but, Australian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> Most different behaviours that they observed in the octopuses were accompanied by some kind of colour change right. as well. And some of the colour changes, they said, seemed way more deliberate, like particularly male. You could tell how like aggressive a male octopus was going to be by the how dark it was. And even just varying shades of darkness could dictate whether or not they were going to advance and be the fighter, just stand their ground and fight. Or if they went like a pale colour, that was them being like, I don't want to fight, I'm okay you just carry on with your day. They also said that they just that they change colors in ways that they couldn't really that didn't seem to correlate with a specific behavioral pattern and they think it was just them chatting to each other. Mm. Apparently I wasn't sure whether this was just cuttlefishes. It definitely happens in cuttlefishes, but I think it's octopuses as well. They change color when they dream. Aww. Mm. 
Okay, well, I suppose maybe I'll just keep on with things. <laughs> Octopuses. <laughs> Octopuses. <laughs> but the things about them that are higher consciousness than your average Brit. dog. Another fact that I thought was funny was that they observed in Octopolis. They're just constantly like throwing shit around and manipulating the seabed and like throwing shells around. And at first they thought it was just spring cleaning, but quite often they'll really throw shells at each other. And the ones that get hit by the shells, it seems to have quite a profound effect on them and they get like quite upset and affronted and it feels like there's some kind of beef going on with them chucking shells at each other. And a crazy thing that they said was that there's evidence of them coming out of their dens and patting themselves down as if like looking for their bits and bobs. <laughs> but I can't, that can't, that must be just what something. What bits and bobs does an octopus exactly. carry out of its den? Got Michelle. Yeah, got do, you, do they carry stuff around? Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That's sweet. But I quite like that one. And a good fact that I read also was that in at least two aquariums it's been documented that they've learnt to turn the lights off by squirting jets of water at the bulbs when no one's watching and and they've short-circuited the entire power supply well the seattle aquarium when i went the octopus had escaped really yeah they found it and brought it back and they don't know how the hell it got out they have no clue wow they have no idea did you tell me was there some weird thing about is it that story where it started where the octopus was getting out of its tank at night and eating something. I told you this. Did you? I think I told you this. It was in an aquarium and at night time, like all the fish started to go missing, like all these really rare fish. And it was tanks lined up down along the line. And there was an octopus in the tank on the end. And they just could not, they couldn't figure out why the fish kept on disappearing because there was no way they could be getting out. And then I think they put, like security cameras in and the octopus was waiting for it to get dark lifting off the lid of its own tank getting out just going into all the other tanks cleaning out all the fish and then just going back to its tank one last funny story which i will say that comes from a lady called jean bowl and she's someone who's very much critical of cephalopod researchers who think that she basically insists that cognition or thought in them is it's not the same as what we have it's not this like great level of consciousness that we haven't process yet but she said that there was a time when she was working in a lab that has like really stuck with her and in the wild octopuses really like to eat crabs and then in it's like their favorite one of their favorite foods but in labs they just get like frozen shrimps or other squids which is weird giving them themselves and she was going down the walking down the thing with all the tanks lined up and feeding each octopus like their like shitty little ready meal of frozen shrimp and then she walked back the way she came and the first octopus that she'd given the shrimp to had not eaten it and was just holding it and then was staring at her whilst it was holding the shrimp in one of its tentacles she said it was seemingly waiting for her it hadn't eaten its squid instead was holding it conspicuously and as she stood there the octopus made its way slowly across the tank towards the outflow pipe watching her all the way when it reached the outflow pipe still watching her it dumped the scrap of squid down the drain (laughs) (laughs) Wow. so legendary that's very cool yeah and there's a ton of facts that I haven't said but apparently everyone knows all about them anyway that is very very human (laughs) yeah yeah sassy very sassy very Very sassy sassy. rebellious Mm. I love them bye everyone bye everyone (laughs) you love what I love octopuses we hope you enjoyed listening to the episode O of A is 4 podcast 
Join us next week when we'll be pressing play on periods, perusing playing cards and pondering on pen pals. I wanted to give a shout out to the person who sent me a DM to my Instagram saying, please, can I do octopuses for O, which I actually missed and didn't see, but we were just brain aligned and I did it anyway. And if you want to keep up with all of our... Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) They know! It is four podcasts. Yeah.